You ever been scared? In college, I took it as a um, personal challenge to scare my roommate whenever I could. I, I, I would hide under his bed for, for long periods of time, waiting for him to come by and just reach out and grab his legs. Hide behind the door, all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, so, Andy, if you're watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> and and I, I think I've, I've kind of done similar things to my kids every once in a while. And you know what goes around? So this last week, I was walking out of my office, you know, look at my phone, and my oldest daughter got me good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> you know... You know, when you get scared, whether it's, it's someone jumping out behind a door or um, you go see a, a you know, haunted house at Halloween time or the car in front of you is spinning on the ice on the road, whenever you get scared, um, you, you, can, you can feel that heartbeat in your chest, right? You, your breathing is really heavy and, and it, there's a physical reaction that you have. But I don't think we react that way anytime we see a, a picture or a painting of, of an angel. And yet maybe, maybe we should. Because that is the way that everyone in the Bible reacted when they saw an angel. I mean, every angel says, don't be afraid, don't, don't, don't worry, it's okay, don't be, af- don't be afraid. When people saw angels, they were in fear because of the, the glory, the, the majesty, the, the otherworldliness that they were faced with. So for these Wednesdays, as I said, we're going to look at these, these visits of angels, angels we have heard on high. And we're going to look at angels visiting Mary, of course, the shepherds. Today we're focusing on Joseph. Now Joseph's visit by an angel is a little different than the others. This angel appeared to him in a dream. So as we look at this angel visiting Joseph, let's kind of break it up part by part, and let's talk first about Joseph himself. Joseph was a married man. Let's look again at what I read earlier from Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now anytime you read the Bible, it's, it's a very natural thing, and it's actually a good thing to, to put yourself into that situation and imagine what it was like. That, that's a really good way to read the Bible. And it works most of the time, but there are some times where the, the culture back then just doesn't really fit our culture. And marriage is one of those instances. Uh, today, when someone wants to get married, they, they've, they've met each other, they've, they've dated each other, they've gotten known to each other, they got engaged, and there was months, maybe even longer of a period of planning for this big wedding, this big celebration. They get married, and then, then they, they, they spend their life together. Back then, in, in biblical times, uh, most of the marriages were arranged. But they only happened if both parties a- agreed to it. So they get to know each other, and, and then they would make their vows to each other. But here's where the differences come in. Back then, after they made their vows, there was still a period of time, weeks or, or longer, until they had the party, the, the, the reception. 
And during that time, then, the, the husband would, would get everything ready in the house, and when the house was all ready, then he'd go get his wife, and they'd have the, the celebration, which would last days, and then she'd move in, and they'd spend their lives together. Marrying Joseph had pledged to each other. They made their vows. They were married. They just didn't have that, that celebration, and she didn't move in yet. So, so what happened in between those two things? Well, actually, a lot of things. I know in a few weeks we're going to look at that angel visiting Mary, but I'm going to jump ahead to that because there's one detail there that really helps us understand Joseph. So Gabriel was that angel that appeared to Mary, told her that she, even though a virgin, was going to have a child, it was going to be Jesus. And then Gabriel also told her that her, her relative, uh, Elizabeth, who, who was well along in years, she was going to have a child too. That would be John the Baptist. And so this is what Luke tells us happened. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zacchaeus' home and greeted Elizabeth. And so she stayed there for a period of, of three months or so, basically until John the Baptist was born. And that's what Luke tells us. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Well, what's, that's what's going on with, with Mary. What, what's Joseph doing for those three months? Well, you remember his job? He was a carpenter. Do you know carpenters? They're all about detail, making everything just right, and he has three months to work on that house. So new floors, new trim, new, new uh, baseboard, if, whatever they had back then, he was working on it. Now, he didn't have a lot of money. They were poor, but he's still a carpenter. He made that house as best as he could. And it's already Mary comes back, and this married man then turns into a deeply hurt man. Matthew records, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child. Joseph knew they had not had sex. Mary was pregnant. He must have cheated on him. Probably going around his head is, who did she meet for those three months? Or, or, or did, did she get pregnant before she went to visit Elizabeth? And, and she was cheating on him when they were just making their vows to each other? He spent the last three months getting this house just right, and now those dreams, that, that, that home they were going to have together, that, that, that's gone. He's a dirt, deeply hurt man. But he was also a man who deeply cared. Look what Matthew tells us. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Even though he felt horribly hurt by her betrayal. He still wanted what was best for her. He, he wasn't going to publicly disgrace her. He was going to do it quietly, break this off, and, and actually he saved her life 
Do you know the punishment back then for adultery was death? He, he wasn't going to do that. He deeply cared for her even though he himself was deeply hurt. I find that really amazing. Because anyone who's gone through a divorce, anyone who's been betrayed by a friend, you know this is not normal. As it says, Joseph was a righteous man. So, so that's, that's Joseph. Let's talk about the angel now. Like I said, th- this visit of an angel it was unique. It, this was during a dream. And so what must have started like a nightmare for Joseph ended up as a message for him personally. And what the angel told him, basically the angel asked him to believe three miracles. Let's see if you can pick them out. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, there are probably a, a bunch, of, bunch of miracles here the angel's asking him to believe, but there are three big ones. And the first is simply that Mary was a virgin, and a virgin would give birth. The angel assured him Mary had not cheated on him. This was from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe Joseph immediately thought of that, that prophecy from Isaiah, that a virgin would give birth. And they call him Emmanuel. That, that's the first miracle the angel asked him to believe. That the second was that he'd be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God would, would come down and be a human. Not, not just look like a human, but become a human. God one with us. And then the third miracle, even more than that, his name would be Jesus. If we, we've if you've grown up in church, I, I think you kind of just become desensitized to that name because the name itself means something powerful. Now, back then, it was a common name, like, like I don't know, Joshua or Chris, but it meant the Lord saves. The Lord is salvation. That name meant that this child born to Mary, that, that he would be the the stepfather to was that long-promised Savior, the one who came, the one who is God in the flesh, the one who saves. The, the angel asked him to believe those miracles. And in response to that, Joseph obeyed. Matthew tells us, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home and his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
he heard that message from the angel. And he did it. He took Mary home. He respected her. Took care of her. You see why he's called a, a righteous man, right? He, he raised Jesus as his own. He, he was the good father, the good husband, the good man, the, the righteous man that it describes him as. All because an angel came and he obeyed. So that's Joseph. That's the angel. So let's talk about us now. You know, I think Joseph's reaction to, to this whole situation, it, it really stands out. Because it is so easy for us to look down on someone when they fail. For a while, you know, Joseph thought Mary had cheated on him, but, but he still cared for her. He didn't try to get even. That stands out. Because it is so easy for us to look down on others when we see them just utterly fail. Think of a, a politician who gets caught in some scandal. Well, he deserved it, right? Or a classmate who becomes pregnant. Well, she shouldn't have been doing that. Or a person driving on the road who's not paying attention. Well, get off the phone. Or a public figure on social media that posts something that just goes viral in a bad way. You, you name it, whatever it is, it is really easy for us to look down on others when they mess up. But Joseph, even though he was deeply hurt, he didn't do that. And that stands out to us. And if that stands out to us, it most definitely should stand out to us when you look at Jesus. Because if there was anyone that had a reason to look down on us, it's Jesus, right? But he didn't look down on us. Instead, he came down to be with us. Emmanuel, remember? God with us. God one of us. Add to that what that name Jesus means. The Lord saves. The Lord is our salvation. And wow! God came here for me. He died for me. There's a reason we celebrate, there's a reason Christians have celebrated Christmas for centuries. Because it is a tangible, a tangible proof of how God feels about us. He doesn't look down on us. He loves us. He became one of us to save us, to forgive us. So how do we respond to that miracle? Well, Joseph gives us some ideas. Joseph wasn't perfect. But he did put his hope in God and, and obeyed here. So, boys, be like Joseph. Joseph is a great example 
of what a godly man is. Someone that respects his wife. He listened to God and obeyed. That is the type of person you should look up to and aspire to be. Girls. Joseph is the kind of husband you want to have. Someone who respects you. Someone who, even though they're deeply hurt, still wants what's best for you. Someone who puts God first and listens to Him. Husbands, um, we can be very moody. And even though we don't always show it, we still feel it. Go past that and do what is best for your spouse and family. Listen to God's word and live it. And wives, if you have a husband like Joseph, thank him. Encourage him to continue listening to God's word. And if your husband falls short, like so many of us do, go past whatever you feel and show respect. Show your love through reaction. And if you're not married, well, you still can show respect to the opposite sex. Uh, we can learn from Joseph's example, no matter our situation. Joseph stepped up, and, and he, he fulfilled his responsibilities in so many ways. So, so, so what are the responsibilities that you have in front of you? The pile of dishes at home? Yeah, wash them. There are bills that need to be paid, and a plan, a, a budget that you need to follow to, to spend carefully? Do you have homework? Do it. If, if you're caring for someone, there's a lot of responsibility there. If you're at work, serve the customer. If, if you're serving here at church as an usher, do it humbly. Whatever the responsibilities are there, like Moses, I'm sorry, like Joseph here, Show what it means to be a, a responsible, godly person. So here's the reality. We're not going to have an angel appear to us in person or in a dream. And yet, we still can hear their message. This message was spoken to Joseph, but it's also a message for us. Okay, the angel might have frightened Joseph, all those angels would have frightened all those people, but really, their message was one of peace, of comfort, of joy. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the one who saves, was born for us. That was the message for Joseph and for me and for you. Amen.